Welcome to Beyond the Call, the podcast for all law enforcement professionals and all those who support them. Sponsored by the National Police Credit Union. We mean police business. I'm your co-host, Ken Bader, with co-host Casey Smith. Casey, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you, Ken? Oh, you know, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. You know, yeah. it's it's tough to be, you know, too upset in Southern California with about 78 degrees or so. <laughs> You're bragging now. It's 112 <laughs> today, I think. Something like that. I don't well, need this. <laughs> well, our right. our distinguished guest today, uh Joy Chang, knows all about great weather because she's coming to us from what I understand from San Diego. Uh, and, and we're going to have a, a great discussion on a number of things. Joy is a best-selling author, speaker, a transformation coach. Uh, her book, uh, The Naked Truth, A Woman's Journey to Self-Love, um, is, uh, is, is available on Amazon. Um, and she, she really has a, um, what I would say, a very interesting history. She's uh, overcome a lot of obstacles in, in terms of two near-death experiences and, and bouts with depression, um, suicidal tendencies, and so forth. But, uh, and she'll talk about some of that. Uh, but we'll also talk about a number of the positive things that are going on with Joy right now. Joy, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Ken and Casey. It's a pleasure. Oh, oh, our pleasure. Our pleasure. Well, let's jump into it. You know, to, to say that you've you've overcome some obstacles in your life is probably an understatement. Um, as I mentioned, one of them was depression, uh, coupled with suicidal thoughts. Um, you know, unfortunately for for some of our listeners in law enforcement. They're dealing with some similar challenges. Um, can you talk a little bit about what you went through and, and most importantly, how you overcame depression and those suicidal tendencies? Sure. So I went through a long period in my 20s where I was you know, really depressed and even considering suicide. And um, it was confusing for me because I didn't have anything that had happened. You know, sometimes, you know, people experience something, maybe they went through a terrible loss or, uh, you know, a traumatic breakup. Um, and no, there was nothing going on in my life, actually. You know, my life was good. I had a good job. I had family and friends that cared about me. I was in a relationship. Um, but I just was feeling this way. And, you know, I didn't tell anybody um, while I was going through it, which I think can be really common for people. Sure. Um, but yeah, and so I, I was just kind of going through this on my own. And, you know, I, it would, I would have a hard time getting out of bed and I would cross this bridge on the way to work and I would think about what would happen if I jumped off this bridge. Um, and so, you know, it was, it was a really uh, difficult time, obviously, but also very confusing. And then to make it even worse, I ended up in an abusive relationship. Um, but that was actually, that was kind of the turning point and the gift for me because I didn't realize until that point that I didn't love myself. You know, I, I just didn't know that I didn't love myself. Um, and, and really being in that relationship made me start realizing that, right? It gave me that, it kind of highlighted the, the fact that I didn't because I started thinking, well, if I did love myself, I wouldn't be in this relationship and I wouldn't continually be, be in this relationship. Um, I was in the relationship on and off for four and a half years. And so, um, you know, but I, I do, you know, looking back, I, I see it as such a gift because he gave me so many things. He introduced me to so many things in my life. He actually introduced me to one of the healing um, modalities of energy healing that I work with my clients on sometimes called Matrix Energetics. Um, he also introduced me to like vegan and raw foods and he really just helped me see, you know, world from a different perspective. Um, and, you know, I think, like I said, one of the greatest gifts though was realizing that I didn't love myself. And so 
you know, through going to that healing seminar, actually, I started questioning these beliefs that I had had that were putting conditions on my happiness. Mm -hmm. So for example, I had a belief that if I just got married, I'd be happier. And I also had a belief that if I was single, I'd be miserable. And so I started, you know, asking myself, well, how do I know that getting married is going to make me happier? What if being, I mean, there's a lot of people out there that are probably married that are unhappy. Right. And then I also said, you know, how do I know that being single is going to make me miserable? What if being single was the best thing that I ever did? Mm-hmm. So I had had a history of being in relationships, long-term relationships, and just kind of going from one relationship to another because I was afraid of being alone. And, you know, that kind of stemmed from my childhood. And uh, I don't know if I need to go all into that, and we can, but um, it just, yeah, there was things that, you know, this fear of abandonment that I had experienced. And so um, I made a decision that I needed to end that relationship and just learn to love myself and be okay with being single. Um, and not in, get into another relationship out of a fear of being alone, but really just to get to know that person because there was nothing that they were giving me, but just to get to know them better, you know? So, right. so that was the turning point when I made that decision, the universe started bringing opportunities into my life to help me love myself. Um, and I also believe that, you know, living my purpose also really helped me through that depression because I knew that I was here for something big, but I really wasn't doing it. And so stepping into that and, and, it's a combination because I think that sometimes we see people that seem like they're living their purpose, you know, people that are famous and you're like, wow, why would they, and they seem to have it all. And right. I think that's where, you know, a lot of times those people, because they're in such a, you know, like in the light, it's really hard for them to probably admit that they're struggling. And mm-hmm. so that's one of my biggest missions is to use my story in a way to inspire people and to realize that they're not alone and that no matter, you know, what's going on in your life, that, that the most successful people, you know, are people that, you know, don't have any money. I mean, we all struggle with this, right? And so to realize that just because your life might look a certain way doesn't mean that that person is really happy. And it's not even actually about happiness. It's actually like what I've heard is depression is anger turned inwards. So it's really about being angry yourself, which is why in my experience, loving myself really helped me because, you know, when you're depressed, people are like, well, why don't you just be happy? And to me, that really didn't work. You know, it wasn't because it isn't about happiness. It's about being angry. But you don't even realize it sometimes in my case, you know, I didn't know I was angry at myself and I would project it onto other people and I would think other people didn't care about me. And I think that's really common. And that's why when people do decide to kill themselves, it's not that they don't want to live. They just don't want to keep going through their pain. Right. And it's because they don't think people care. Maybe they like end up, you know, killing themselves. And, you know, for me, the the thing that kept me from killing myself was that even though I didn't think people cared, you know, I knew that if I did kill myself, my family would be really upset. And so, but it was a really hard place to be because I felt stuck. I felt like I didn't want to live, but I also couldn't die. Right. So, yeah, no, that's a, I mean, it's, it's obviously a a very sensitive topic, um, but one that, that applies to a lot more people than I think most of us realize. Cause like you mentioned, like on the surface, so many people look, you know, normal and like they're happy and that they have everything, but you know, you've had so many examples, you know, even celebrities recently, like the Anthony Bourdain's or Kate, right. Sp- Kate Spade, where it's like, holy crap, they had everything. Right. What could have caused this? So, yeah, I think you're speaking to people that, um, you know, we may not otherwise assume are going through those things. So you had mentioned your abusive relationship. And unfortunately, some spouses of police officers are in those situations. Um, you mentioned a little bit about the questions you asked yourself and things like that. But how were you able to escape that situation? And, and what advice might you give for um, listeners who may be experiencing something similar? Yeah, so one of the things that I think is really important and, and is probably difficult when you're in that situation, though, is that not to blame yourself, right? I never thought it was my fault. I know that 
some for some people like it's easy for them to think that it is their fault right and they mm-hmm. take it and that's when it gets really dangerous is when you internalize that and you think that you did something wrong right. is to understand that it's not your fault you know and for me i um because i just knew that whatever my my ex-boyfriend was saying to me was not like i didn't think that whatever i said or did had warranted the kind of reaction that i got from him mm-hmm. so i knew that like it wasn't about me i, I didn't know exactly what it was about but in the moment like i knew it wasn't about me and then i actually found out later while we were together that his mom abused him as a kid as a baby he didn't even know but his mom had thrown him against a wall like when he was under a year old um and then you know he also had experiences with other women in the past where you know he would go out to dinner with somebody and then they would leave when the bill came and you know like take advantage of him and so you know he had these things that were you know we all have baggage right but he was bringing that into our relationship and i was like i would never do something like that but because of these experiences i think that the things that he said to me you know not to excuse it but it was just like an understanding of where that came from so i think that would be the first thing is to understand that it's not your fault that whatever you know that however they're treating you is a reflection of their past right you don't know maybe you do know and then that is helpful. But if you don't know, just to know that, that there's probably something there that has nothing to do with you. Right. Um, but also then, of course, your responsibility is how you respond to that, right? right? So that's where like, I realized, okay, well, I don't love myself and therefore I need to learn to love myself. And so I, I you know, had the courage to end that relationship. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I mean, it was on and off. So you know, it, we went back and forth for a while. It wasn't like I just did it in one swoop necessarily, okay. but, right. um, but it's recognizing that, yeah, it's, it's you know, loving yourself and, and starting to, to cultivate that so that you can take the courage and do that. And you know, for me, it was emotionally abusive. Thankfully, it wasn't physically or sexually, but a lot of times it starts out that way. Right. So you know, doing your best to get out of that situation as soon as possible because you don't want it to get to that point where it's physical no. you know, or sexual. And, and if right. it is, I mean, there is still hope, you know, but you have to, you have to create your plan and have, you know, support and, and um, reach out to the people in your life that, you know, you can and to make sure that you have a, a safe place to go. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. Not keeping it a secret. I think so many people suffer in silence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, I think too, you know, having been divorced and while I certainly give my ex-wife some hard times, um, even on this show sometimes, frankly, (laughs) I'll bring that up. Uh, But, you know, the fact is, is, you know, she was a good person. Uh, I'd like to think we were both good persons or, or people, but you know, what happens I think sometimes is when you're, when you're in the hole, when you're in the situation, you don't always realize, you know, how bad it is until you're out for a little while and you're like, no, this really isn't right. Not healthy. Going on for a year or two or 10 or whatever. Yeah. And you either, you know, need to, to make a change or, or, or work on something mm-hmm. different. Um mm-hmm. In addition to your book, Joy, uh, The Naked Truth, A Woman's Journey to Self-Love, uh, and your speaking business, you also offer mentorship programs. Uh, tell us and our audience more about that. Yeah, so I actually used to um, work with women specifically that you know were struggling with self-love to help them live their dream life. Um, and now I, after publishing my book, you know, I had so many amazing things happen for me personally, professionally. I ended up getting my highest paying client and doubling my income in three months. Um, nice. I've been on, you know, podcast millions of listeners all over the world. Mm-hmm. I got people reaching out to me and said, hey, I've got a speaking event coming up. I'd love to have you speak at my next event. Mm-hmm. Um, I had never done a speaking event before. My book launch was my first speaking event. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the greatest feeling is that 
feeling of just knowing that I've left my legacy, right? So that, you know, a hundred years after I die, somebody could find their book and their, uh, right. find my book and their life could be saved, right? Or at least changed. Right. And that's just mm-hmm. the greatest feeling, that feeling of peace. And I was so inspired by, you know, what happened that I decided I wanted to kind of switch the focus of my business and help other people to share their stories and get their books out in the world. Because I do believe that we all have a story and we can all sure. take, you know, the things that we've learned in our life and it can help someone else. And even if like you have been really blessed and maybe you haven't had a lot of challenges, you know, I'm sure there's other people out there that feel, maybe they feel bad that they haven't had challenges. I actually know someone who is, a, you know, a like millionaire, like successful seven figure, you know, business. And he has trauma. He calls it trauma envy where he kind of <laughs> like <laughs> people that had more trauma because it, it makes a great story. But it's like, you know, you still have a story and, and people still need to know that to know that it's okay not to have challenges. Like if yeah. you haven't gone through a lot, I mean, I'm sure he has, you know, he's gone through challenges, but maybe not to the degree or, or someone else and mm-hmm. not to compare and to realize that, you know, your what you've been through is just as valid as somebody else. Right. Yeah, right. Sometimes, sometimes <laughs> at places like the New Media Summit, you see these speakers and, <laughs> and podcasters and say, well, I had these 18 bad things happen. And then you get up there <laughs> to talk about your book. Like, well, I got to come up with something better. You know, right. <laughs> you know I, the first thing that happened is I stepped on a tack and it got infected. And <laughs> Making up stuff just to feel some adversity. Right. right. <laughs> Now a word on our sponsor, the National Police Credit Union. There are more ways to save at the National Police Credit Union. From saving for a rainy day to building that nest egg for retirement, they have the saving products that law enforcement officers need to build a bright financial future. From share accounts to money markets, as well as IRAs and share certificates, uh, as well as a financial planning and education center, when it comes to helping law enforcement families save for their future, the National Police Credit Union means police business. Learn more at their website, which is simply www.nationalpolicecu.com. You also offer a free seven-day self-love challenge. Is that a good place for your potential clients to start? Yeah. I mean, if, if that's something that, you know, people are struggling with and I think, I mean, really that's something that we're all, it's a journey for all of us. Right. Yeah. So I know people will sometimes ask me on a podcast, like, so do you feel like you've arrived? And I'm like, there's not, a, <laughs> there's no place to arrive. <laughs> there's, no. it's not a destination. It's a journey. So I definitely, I've grown so much, but you know, I, I'm definitely always still, you know, working on it as well. And so, yeah, that's a great place to start. Um, so if you go on my site and it's joychang.com and you sign up for the seven day self-love challenge, mm-hmm. um, like you said, it's free. And so if you sign up, then you'll get an email every day for seven days with a different self-love practice. Nice. Hmm. Interesting. Great. Yeah. As, as, as an only child, I already got plenty of self-love because everybody tells me I'm selfish. <laughs> that's, that's, that's another show. Um, <laughs> stop shaking your head, Casey. I can see you over there. I'm just sitting here. <laughs> it's nothing you haven't, nothing goofy you haven't heard before. <laughs> no. <laughs> but yeah, as, as we discussed, you, Joy, you, you've overcome a lot, uh, including the, the messy divorce of your parents and, course in in law enforcement unfortunately divorce is uh, uh, unfortunately a more common issue than we'd like it to be 
um, two near-death experiences, and we still haven't heard about those. We'll we'll, we'll have to tap on the <laughs> before we uh, before we uh, uh, go off air. Uh, an abusive relationship, which we talked about. For for our listeners that that may be going through the same issues or, or possibly something similar, uh, can you share a, a technique or two from your program that uh, could possibly give these folks some assistance? Sure. So, um, you know, one of the things, so one of the practices that I share in my book, which is also in that seven day self-love challenge is a practice to shift your mindset, to go from a limiting belief to a more empowering belief. Um, and I, I basically share that already, but it's, it's the structure is the, like those beliefs that I had mentioned, you know, so, um, so you take a limiting belief and you ask yourself, how do I know, um, that that limiting belief is true, right? And then you either look for the evidence that it's not true. Like I said, where I'm like, I'm sure there's people that are married who are not happy, you know, cause there's a 50% divorce rate in the country. So, sure. you know, there's obviously probably people that just cause they're married doesn't mean they're happy. Mm-hmm. Um, so you either look for the, you know, the, the evidence that that's not true. Mm-hmm. Um, or you don't even, I mean, if you don't know the answer, the, the beautiful thing about this practice is that you don't have to know the answer just by asking the question, you know, the answer will come to you. Um, and so by just switching, just saying, how do I know that this thing is true? It just opens up space, you know, for possibility of something different. So I think a lot of times when we have a limiting belief or we get stuck in our ways of thinking and thinking that this is just the way things are, rather than realizing that, that it's only that way because you believed it to be that way, that it's actually not true. You know, that we, we, we actually live in a universe of infinite possibilities and we tend to think that things are only like, there's only two options, good, bad, right, wrong. You know, like there's only two versus there's actually an infinite number of possibilities, you know. So, um, yeah, so that's one of the the, um, really powerful practices. Um, And then another thing would be, um, I mean, gratitude is something that, you know, we hear about a lot, but it really does. um, It is really powerful, really. It really does shift our mindset. So um, that was one of the things. And that's also another practice in my book um, in the seven day self-love challenge that really helped me as well to go through, you know, to get to the other side of the depression and suicidal thoughts is to, sure. um, to like write down at least one thing I was grateful for every day. Mm-hmm. And then there's actually a Facebook group too that I discovered called what am I grateful for today? And so I would post oh, wow. in that group every day. Um, and so, yeah, to me, it actually, my journey was not only like practices I did on my own, but it was really finding community mm-hmm. and it could be in person. It could also be virtual. You know, there are virtual communities that I found. And I think that, you know, if you're really depressed, of course, it's not easy to ask for support. Um, Like I said, I never told anybody. Uh, I think there's a lot of stigma around that. But if you can find communities where, you know, people are on the same path and, you know, like it's just so supportive because you start, I mean, you get inspired by other people too, right? Maybe there's things that you didn't even think about that someone else will say about what they're grateful for. You're like, oh, wow, like you're right. I have that to be grateful for too. Or, you know, so it can help you realize. And you know, we all have things to be grateful for, right? I mean, we've got, you know, a roof over our head, like, you know, food to eat. I mean, the basics that a lot of people in the world don't have. And so, um, so it's really like finding those things. And when you have that practice, then if you do it, especially at the end of the day, then you know that your mind's going to be looking for it during the day, you know, and that's a really great way to, to end your day and, and to, you know, kind of put you into that gratitude state to go to sleep. Yeah, that that gratitude uh, tip I think is is number one. I, one of the podcasts that that I listen to is uh, Sean Douglas Transformation Radio, and I know that's a big thing with him too about you know, having a gratitude uh, type of an attitude, not the words he used, mm-hmm. the words that, that that I use, and 
um, you know, I found personally that that helps me a lot. You know, you're having a rough day, you got, you know, 15 things going wrong and, you know, you're right. getting ready for me, you're getting ready to break something, you know, like this microphone yeah. earlier <laughs> today. Uh, but you know, you, you, you think you start off your day with a, a gratitude mindset and it kind of puts you in the, uh, in the right place right from the beginning. Um, but mm -hmm. it, one one thing before we move on to to lightning round, yeah, you know, would you mind sharing a little bit about the 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 two near death experiences? I know that given this particular show, unfortunately for law enforcement, that's not uh, uncommon for for a good portion of our audience. You know, would you would you feel comfortable sharing any of that? Sure. Yeah. So uh, one of them, they both happened when I was pretty young, actually, I was a child, but um, one, um, I was about nine, I think the first one. Um, and I was on a trip with my family. We were in St. Louis and I'm from Chicago originally. So it wasn't too far from, from where I was, but we went to this uh, family trip and we met some family friends and we went to this water park and it was a natural park. So, you know, they had these rocks and you would like slide down these rocks and go into these water like pool areas. And um, I took swimming, you know, lessons as a kid, but it never really stuck with me. So I wasn't a very good swimmer. And so I, you know, went down this rock and, um, it ended up being a really deep water. And so, you know, I, I found myself sinking like more and more. And, um, I think I was like yelling for help, but you know, I didn't see anyone really around to help me or something. I just kept sinking. Yeah. And then I remember the last thought was I, cl I closed my eyes and I said, I love you, God. And the next thing I know, I'm like above the water and my brother had pulled me out. And so that was my first, um, you know, near-death experience. And then my second experience, uh, a few years later, I was in junior high and I was, um, I'd gotten a ride home from my best friend's dad and um, he pulled into the end of my driveway and my sister was in high school at the time. And so she, her friend had dropped her off. And so her friend's car was on the driveway and so I, you know, get out of the car and I'm getting all my stuff. I like had a clarinet and, you know, my backpack and get carrot cake at school that day for some reason. And so I was like getting my carrot cake out. <laughs> and so, yeah, I was like, you know, getting all my stuff out and, um, and then, you know, saying bye to my, you know, my best friend and her dad. And then I closed the door and when I turn around, my sister's friend had been backing up and she hadn't seen me. And so I literally got stuck between the two cars, between this big, like, she had one of those oh like, you know, God. cars with like that spare tire in the back. So yeah. you know, I guess maybe that was a good thing. That was kind of softer, but that was like squishing me. And then, um, and so when, you know, I screamed mom, even though my mom wasn't even home because <laughs> she was at work, but I just screamed mom. And then um, she, so then finally her friend, um, you know, pulled forward and my went like halfway down immediately. It was like, you know, took the, all of the air out of me. Yeah. Um, and thankfully I was okay. I mean, I was, you know, I was pretty, no, no broken bone. Yeah, no, I just ended up going to, you know, they took, they got the ham the ambulance and we took me to hospital and did like the CAT scans and stuff. And, and I was fine. Um, I got out of gym for a week, which was really exciting. And it really funny thing around that was I actually didn't eat carrot cake for like a many, I was gonna say years. did you at um, least get some more a really long time and I didn't even realize that, I, that I, I think I was doing that because of an accident I just didn't eat it and then right. I finally like you know maybe 10 years ago or something like I uh, was at my sister's and her friend had made some cupcakes and some different kinds and one of them was carrot cake and so I was like you know maybe I'll just try mm -hmm. it 
And so I had it and I was like, wow, this is really good. I can't believe I haven't had carrot cake in so many years. So, so now I eat it and I'm okay. But it, I went a really long time, like yeah. maybe 15 years or something. It's traumatic. You can't just go back to eating the carrot cake. <laughs> you got yeah, to pause for a while. And I didn't get the carrot cake, you know, right? Because right? it got squished. And, yeah. Well, I did, I did want to really quick touch back on something you said earlier about um, the limiting, what did you say? Limiting thought? Limiting beliefs. Limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, for instance, for example, if like a police officer, um, not only is this a real thing, but it's also something that's constantly reiterated. So, you know, my job is stressful. Could that be considered a limiting belief? And then if so, how or what should they say to try and, I guess, counter that belief? Right. Yeah. I mean, that, I would say that that's a limiting belief. Um mm-hmm. So they could say, you know, so how do I know my job is stressful, mm-hmm. right? And then maybe look for evidence that it's not stressful. Or, you know, you also, I mean, so we don't, we don't get to control what happens to us, but we get to control how we respond, right? Mm-hmm. So if something is happening, then it's your choice whether you respond, like why you, whether you let that affect you in a negative way, right? So you could choose to see the job as stressful or you could choose to see it in a different way. Mm-hmm. And, and, and your, your thoughts actually influence your reality, right? right? So they say our thoughts lead to our feelings, which lead right. to our actions, right. which lead to our, our results. So if we think that our job is stressful, then we're going to feel stressed and then we're going to act in a way that's, you know, how we would act if we're stressed, right? And then right. that's the result we're going to get versus, okay, if I think, you know, my job is it's easy or graceful or, or, I don't know, or helping or you know. whatever. Yeah. Something that isn't stressful, yeah. then, then you're going to feel a different way about your job. Right. And then you're going to act differently and you're going to get a different result. So right. but it's really, yeah. Like how you, how you choose to, to perceive it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I know some police officers that, uh, that get up every day and maybe it goes back to the, the, the gratitude idea. Uh, but, you know, they've wanted to be in law enforcement since they were a kid and, and they actually right. feel like I'm, I'm in my dream job. This is exactly what I want to do. And I think that might have a, a different perspective on the stress um, that's right. who possibly gets up and granted there's a lot of negative news out there and lets sure. that in and, and concentrates on that. Right. Yeah, that's true. Cause if you're thinking, wow, this is, I'm so blessed to be, you know, to be a police officer, to get to do this, to get to help people or, you know, then, then you're going to show up differently. Right. And not that there wouldn't be stressful things that happen, but you're going to be able to manage that better because of your attitude versus letting it get you down because you're like, oh man, you know, so many people are counting on me. There's so much pressure or whatever the thoughts that you're thinking. And it's just, then that's going to not support you. Right. Yeah. I think it's, it's the self-care part is super important and just sometimes checking out and staying off social media and turning off the news. Like sometimes you just gotta, you know, completely unplug just to mm-hmm. just keep some sanity. So, yeah. And that, that's a part of definitely a part of self-love is, is self-care too. Like you said, you know, making sure that you're, you know, because you're giving so much to other people, you want right. to make sure that you're also giving to yourself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Some days awesome. I think if you want to be depressed, all you got to do is watch CNN all day, but, uh, <laughs> <That's> right. 
but anyhow, be that be that as it may, uh, I think something that we will be a lot more fun than watching CNN is something that we always spring on our guests at the end of our show, uh, which is Casey's. We I call it lightning round. We'll call it semi lightning round. <laughs> <laughs> It's not quite as lightning always as we we assumed it'd be in the beginning, but it's more round than lightning, Joy. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay, but yeah, there are just a, a few uh, fun questions that you know I spring on our guests, which are you know law enforcement related, and and they're a lot of fun, and it just kind of uh, gives us an idea about you a little bit. So, uh, nothing to be concerned about. So, all right, <laughs> all right. Uh, number one, your favorite fictional crime fighter of all time. So it can be a human, an animal, a superhero, or a machine. Okay. (laughs) Um, Well, I would say, um, I guess the first person that came to mind was Wonder Woman. Ooh, yes. That's one of my favorites. Wonder Woman, yeah. Yeah. We've got a couple, maybe two, can you think, Wonder Woman? At least two two Wonder Women. (laughs) <laughs> she, she kicks butt she, it's hard to badass for sure yeah yeah, yeah. but just, she comes from love which is what i really like exactly right i just want that golden lariat around me and be forced to tell the truth but that's all <laughs> you don't need that thing you tell it anyway whether we want it or not good point <laughs> <laughs> all right number two the best buddy cop movie or tv show um hmm. now you know how many cop movies i watch <laughs> i know come on it could be tv shows too yeah, so you're, you're sitting you're sitting there eating carrot cake you're going through Netflix, <laughs> and you go hey i love that buddy cop movie <laughs> right. some people well, watch a lot say, of law and order and things like that yeah so well kindergarten kindergarten cop was uh Ooh, oh, yeah, yeah. Arnold <laughs> I used to love that movie. It was so good. It's not a tumor. It's not a tumor. (laughs) That's good. All right. Um, What is your definition of a hero? Hmm. That's a good question. I would say someone who's overcome challenges, um, who, yeah, is resilient and whatever that, you know, that could be, um, a myriad of things, right? So it could be someone that has been through abuse. It could be someone that's gone through divorce or uh, breakups or, you know, anything that, yeah, has just gone through some, some challenges. I love it. We are our own heroes sometimes. I think we forget about that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And lastly, number four, who would you say is your hero or the person you admire the most? Um, so I actually, I mean, there's a lot of people out there, right. That I am inspired by. Um, but I think that, you know, and I actually had, had made a post about this, but something that really shifted for me in my life was when I feel like I became my greatest inspiration, because I think Mm -hmm. that when we really understand that, you know, we do get to create our own reality, then everything shifts, right. When we, we are no longer just kind of looking at others, but like actually taking ownership of our life. So, right. That is awesome. I was going to yeah. say the self-love expert better say that I'm my own here. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> awesome. Awesome answer. I was, I was going, I was going to say that, but I'm like, no, I'm going to let her go with it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yep. 
Yeah. Well, I was like, I don't know if it, you know, I think there, there is a fine line between self-love and narcissism. I mean, Absolutely. You know, like sometimes people are, I'm like, what's the difference? And I think, well, if you're a narcissist, you love yourself, but you don't care about other people where I think like, you know, like self-love is that balance. And if you right. only care about other people, then you're not loving yourself either. So there's, there's sort of that fine line, but yeah. I don't think, yeah, there's, there's anything wrong with, you know, with loving yourself and, and being inspired by you. Right. Um, as long as you also are, you know, care about other people and it's not just about you, but yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, I, awesome. I walk, I walk that tightrope every day, Joy, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, and if you believe like I do that we're all connected, then it's like when you love someone else, you're loving yourself too. So you're really right. it's all sort of the same, <laughs> really. It's like when you, you're, cause you know, through you and, and, you know, I believe that when we see in others is within us too. Right. So if we right. see something good in someone else, we can only see it if it's in ourselves. Mm-hmm. So by loving others, we're really loving ourselves too. Oh, good, w- good way of looking at it. Never thought of it that way. That, I agree. That that is a really nice end to our show. But before we close it out, um, Joy, you you mentioned your website earlier. Is that the best place for people to find you and your services and your book? How how can people find you and everything that you offer? Yeah, that would be the best place. So joychang.com, and that's J O I E C H E N G dot com. And there you'll find everything about me and you can, you know, there's a link there to get my book and you can get it on print, Kindle or audio. So whatever version, or if you want to get all three, there's, you know, benefits to all of them. The book, the printed version is awesome because there's journaling questions. So you can write, you know, your answers in there. Um, the Kindle's in color. So there's some nice photos. Um, and then the, you know, audio version is great to, you know, I, I um, did the audio. So you'll get to hear my voice and um, yeah, so that's cool. Awesome. awesome. And the seven day self love challenge is on there as well. So, oh, great. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Joy, for sharing your uh, short per- portion of your afternoon with us. We certainly appreciate that. You're welcome. Thanks for having me again. Absolutely. And thank you all for listening. If you'd like to uh, learn more about Joy, she, she gave you your, her website there. So be sure to check it out. Um, as Ken mentioned, we are sponsored by the National Police Credit Union. So be sure to visit our website at nationalpolicecu.com. While you're there, check out all of the credit union news, updates, promotions, savings, loan rates. They're all awesome. Be sure to share this podcast. Rate it on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, anywhere you listen to podcasts, you should be able to find us. If you have any questions or comments that you'd like us to cover or a guest that you think would be a great feature, again, go to nationalpolicecu.com forward slash podcast and you can submit someone there. Um, We appreciate you listening. You all have a great week and stay safe out there. Thank you, everybody.